Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation from around the world, you're listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. On the move. A lot of time. Directing traffic. Gonna go deep. Has a man deep. It is caught for the touchdown. Corey Davis. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break. To a throw the sideline. Let's go, man! (laughs) And now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and as always, alongside me for this emergency pod is Spencer Klein. What a first round it was for the Jets. Spence, all I can say is, sauce! You beat me too. That was going to be my first reaction, just that. (laughs) I think my neighbors just heard me yell that. (laughs) That's okay. I think all of Florham Park heard Salah last evening as well. (laughs) I'm I'm just shocked that they took him. Basically. Everything that we've been reading, especially from Connor Hughes, has been, who has been very good this offseason, was that they weren't taking a corner at four. And then yesterday, the odds changed, and they were saying Stingley's going to be the pick at four. Stingley's higher than Sauce on their board, and I was freaking out. So I was so glad the Texans took Stingley, so that wasn't even a conversation. But if you tuned into our live reaction, you saw our reactions, and... I mean, with all three picks, it, it's hard to not give it at least an A, if not an A+. I mean, it's an A+, plus for me. I'm sure it's the same for you. I, I think, yeah. I mean, first, it has to be an A now. Initially, definitely wasn't going to be. I mean, our, our facial reaction to the initial announcement of Sauce definitely was funny looking back at it. We were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, it's, yeah, as, and we'll, we're on the record with this prior to last evening, like, they didn't everything leading up to it. Yeah, wasn't going to be corner. The scheme doesn't value corner as much, and then you take corner, and we're like, "What are you doing here?" Because then you're putting yourself, what's it called, like um, putting yourself um, like backs against the wall, whatever you, line you want to say to find your wide receiver and edge. And I know we were saying that on, on the the live Insta, like you have to find a way to get both done and. That they did that changes everything. Then obviously you got you got your boy in Garrett Wilson. You have a very solid trio of wide receivers now. Very happy about that. If they were planning to or, or aiming for Jermaine Johnson at ten and, and getting him at twenty six in the trade up. Like how, how can you not love that? Yes, I, I'll use love for that. It's a strong one, but how can you not? And the, what they gave up to move up very reasonable. I mean, I would have been happy with him at four, and they got him. Yeah, <laughs> we were we, we already had uh, rationalized that prior to the evening as well. It's great. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I'm curious why he really fell. Like I saw some. I feel like I can't the, recall which reporter mentioned it, but it was like the media hyped him up more than what the league thought. But like, I don't totally believe that. If the Jets still were interested with him at ten, like maybe some teams didn't buy in as much, and that of course is going to happen, but. 
I don't know. Do, I, I want to see some more leaks on that and get some more background as to how that evolved. I mean, there's always a player that falls one every year, and usually he becomes the steal of the draft. And it turned out, turns out it was in the Jets' favor this time. Maybe people have reservations about his lack of production before Florida State, his age. He is going to be 24 by the end of the season. Not that I care about it, but I'm, I'm sure some people do. He's also a much better run defender than pass rusher. But again, what, he had double-digit sacks last year? I think 11.5. He had 17.5 yep. tackles for a loss. He had the production. And if he is a better run defender, which he is, that's very good for the Jets' defense because I've been saying this all offseason. They didn't need an edge rusher to be their top edge rusher from this draft. They have Carl Lawson to do that. They just needed someone to compliment him. And I think Johnson's a high-floor player. Maybe doesn't have the ceiling as guys like Karloftis, Thibodeau, insert whoever else who's a 21, 22-year-old pass rusher in this class. But I think it's a, a home run. If they, if I was happy with him at four, they were going to be happy with him at ten, and to get him at twenty six, and and Joe Douglas did say they were starting to call. I don't know if he was serious or not. I, I assume he is that they were starting to call teams at fifteen for him. So I think that that's huge for them. I find it interesting they were willing to call up that early. I know I was saying to you as we were watching and following, of course, but like, just wait, just wait at that point, how the board was falling. It seems there's a lot of talent that would be there at pick 35, which, of course, they no longer have. And look, honestly, there still is a lot of good talent and edge rush that they could could have waited for and selected at 35, but obviously still very happy that they, they made that move. And I, I just didn't want to lose both of 35 and 38 in any sort of deal that wasn't Debo Samuel simply. Or, I guess, A.J. Brown. Well, definitely we'll mention a comment on that throughout this <laughs> short episode today. But I like that they still have two day two picks. You got your edge and ready to roll for today, simply. I mean, a lot a lot of uh, the 38. Very interested to see what they target first. And b- before we go to 38, I yeah. did that. Either the Jets said it or Hughes or someone said it. The three guys that they picked were all in their top eight of their big board. That's pretty, pretty great. Or top ten. It was either the, their top eight or top ten. All three guys were in their top whatever of their big board. I, my only thing to that, and it's not even a negative, it's not a negative at all. Like, I need to hype it up. <laughs> like, to rationalize it to the media. And I don't care if they are or are, aren't. Are. It's the thought that I have. Like, I mean, they have nothing to lose saying that now, realistically. But like, I, I don't know. I was thinking that initially. Like, okay, I'm sure you wanted every player that you took <laughs> that early. Well, but. I I did see a tweet that a Jets official texted someone that Zach Wilson is over the moon about throwing the to Garrett Wilson, and even though I think we were disappointed because I think we had London as our number one, Garrett Wilson is such a great consolation prize and I mean we said it at the beginning of the offseason he probably still has the biggest floor maybe, maybe Jameson Williams has a bigger floor I don't, I don't know about the injury but Garrett Wilson while he struggles with drops at times a little lean on the frame other than that I think he's going to be a, a great pick for the Jets yeah I mean very happy to end up with him I, I as we recapped prior to last night like 
football all, all uh, pre-draft season, like going from Wilson to Burks to London, blah blah blah, all around. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I have no problem that he ends up being the one that they land. Very happy about that. I guess like the only thing is like, all right, now you have two wide of similar style. But as and I know I've said this, like, so if teams like the Rams clearly it's the team that uh, it's worked out for. So it's it's look that's that's on the floor. Go scheme up some things and get them in positions to you know ball out and score simply. So well, excited you... about them. Definitely a little bit of a disappointment in my face when London went off the board. Was getting mentally prepared for him at ten all week. Hundred percent was not denying that, but happy to have Wilson a part of the trio with Davis and, and Elijah Moore. Well, you would also assume that with the Jets drafting Garrett Wilson, the floor already has plans for him. You would oh, have no doubt, no like, doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm actually would love them to leak what their wide receiver board was. I, I'm just, I'm always curious to see how teams do that with that position. Yeah, I mean, it's either going to be London or Wilson at one, and the other at two. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe London's at three for them, and Williams is at two, and Garrett Wilson was number one. I mean, doesn't really matter at this point. I, I it's cool to see the behind the scenes aspect of that as well. Yeah. We both love the front office aspect, but doesn't matter now. They got their guys, and they seem very happy. And again, it seems like the Jets have won the draft so far. And Joe Douglas, another masterclass in trading. Like people could certainly give him a hard time for literally having less than ten wins in his GM tenure with the team. I mean, we... he deserves that. Yeah, he deserves that. <laughs> like he, he's. GM. I don't know like how that makes sense how I'm saying that, but just the way he puts it together, at least on draft night, he's good. How's that? He Maybe I'll puts, rephrase that. He puts a lot of pressure on himself, and it seems like he thrives under it, though. He, yeah. He, he put a ton of pressure on himself to get an edge rusher and to get a wide receiver, and after drafting Sauce at four, he put a ton, a ton of pressure on him, himself, and the staff to get what they needed, and they came through. Yeah. I, I doubt him any longer. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll tweak one thing to what I said there. Outside of 2020, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly that one's not shaping up the same way. But that was a different offseason. They couldn't have visits. It was very different. You know, combine and all that. Definitely yeah. a different style offseason. So we're starting from 2021 forwards with him on his draft board. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving him the mulligan. So I, I think at, at first, and we can go into pick 38 after this. I think at first, I had the sauce pick as like a B minus C plus because of the fact that it wasn't much of a necessity. And when you're drafting a corner top five, he better be in three years an all pro or pro bowler. I'm, I'm saying that right now, especially with his college success, never giving up a touchdown. I love his size. He's 6'3", has really long arms. He better be legit. He seems legit, but... He better back it up as saying he's the best player in this draft. I love his swag. He's a dog, as they like to say. Uh, but like I said, after they drafted Johnson and Wilson, it became an A plus because they they did what they needed to do there. Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty clean sheet A's across the board for each one. Again, like you said, after how it all finished up initially, I think. And I know we, I think we were both saying, or at least I was, was a B minus. I probably would have given the sauce pick. Yeah. Depending on what they would have done today to address the other outstanding need, but the outstanding need was taken care of. Of 
of both wide receiver and edge. So, I mean, I saw some tweets about it that make total sense. Like, if you were to tell me at the start of yesterday they were going to leave with Sauce and a wide receiver and edge, would have told you no shot. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> sorry. And specifically Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Wilson would have told you no shot. But doing all of that, like, I don't know how you can't be feeling good after the evening. Yes, we'll see what they do on the field, obviously. <laughs> but well, yeah. As of right now, like, you <laughs> you got to be upbeat, very upbeat about it all. And Jermaine Johnson was, I think you would agree, he was our edge three by draft night after Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So yeah, they, I mean, we, we were comfortable at four if they yeah. ended up doing that. So, I mean, that, after talking to Jordan DeLugo a few episodes ago, he really boosted my confidence in Johnson at four. And we all said, if Thibodeau's not there at four, we want Johnson at four. So to get someone who we were willing to take at four at number 26 is, is just a huge win. And I think it's just a, a home run so far. And, and like you said, there's still a, a lot of picks left. A lot, of, a lot of hockey left in this draft. So and let, let's go to 38 right now. I am really interested to hear your thoughts on 38 because they can go a lot of different directions, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the best or the, the names that initially pop into my head, like before even saying positions like the Kobe Dean has to be in the conversation. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Petrae. The wideouts are there. I, I don't think they're actually doubling down anymore. Christian Watson, George Pickens is available. Uh, I mean, there's Andrew Booth is there, the corner from Clemson, but I don't think that, well, more than don't think that better not be in the conversation anymore. <laughs> uh, I think positional-wise, you, you should attack safety here. But if Dean is on the board, I'm going to be very nut to, to do it and just grab him there. I, I don't know. Obviously, you have no idea what their grade is and where he is on their board, but he was a first-round talent. Like, forget all the concerns about his size and potential speed. I know he didn't end up running, I believe, any 40s anywhere. But that's that's a first-round player. Like, this is where you're going to – you get him with value. So, I think if it's – if all those names I mentioned are on the board, the Kobe Dean's my pick, but I'm very comfortable with Jaquan Risker or Petrie. Feature, excuse me, if, if they go that route, somebody else. What are you thinking? Who, who's your? Did you admit that I miss any names? Who are you targeting? Is a lot of good. Again, as always, a lot of good scenarios here. <laughs> you you did miss some names. I'll make you fume. Go for it. Travis Jones, Perion Winfrey, Logan. I maybe Paul. purposely did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they go interior defensive line at thirty eight, I think that's a mistake. I. I'm not going to put it out of the question, but I think that's a mistake to go with. With the talent that's around still available here. So, Connor Hughes, let's say he was wrong about the corner situation with the draft. That's the only thing really he was wrong about all offseason, not discrediting, not discrediting him at all. But he's also said they're not interested in a linebacker either, it seems. I, it, since he was wrong at four... I feel like he might be not as plugged in with the linebacker room either. And I think if Nicobe Dean is there, they'll take him. He is, he passes the eye test. Yeah, he didn't run. Yeah, he has a smaller size. But if you saw him play, 
he's legit and he is a first round talent. I would be disappointed if they pass on him at 38. I would I think my top two targets are him and Brisker right now. I I just feel so good if you took Dean at 38. And now if the new third round, I, I can't recall, is it 100 or 101, 111, one of those? Yeah, it's, it's like the it's like the third or fourth last pick. Yeah, so if it's like, because you could wait, maybe like you take Dean at, at 38 and maybe you wait on like, uh, I believe it was it Brian Cook from Cincy or my Herb- Maryland boy, Nick Cross, uh- Kirby Joseph, yep, and I think you were about to say from Illinois, like you can do that there and then you let them groom behind Joyner for a year, like. I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued both ways. Like, <laughs> you, it's could, pretty- you could do that. You could just take the safety, and then you could take your your stupid defensive line, interior <laughs> defensive lineman in round three. Uh, interesting. I, I, that- interior D line, not my discussion. Wait, really. it's it's pretty interesting that we're like talking so defensive heavy now, as opposed to a few months ago when we when we just wanted all offense. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's so true, but like. There's a case just to not you – you don't need to go for a tight end yet or arguably at all, although I know we still both want one. I guess O-line could be in the discussion for depth at this point, but I, I don't think the board's played out that way right now. Well, I, I think they could target – I don't know how high they have him, but I know he was considered maybe a first-round pick. The kid from Central Michigan, I forgot his name. Yeah, I think like, it's like Bernard, Bernard Raymond, Raman. And and speaking about offense line, besides the players that the Jets drafted, the other big winner I forgot to mention, probably the biggest winner is Mackay Becton so far. If you if you remember in the movie Draft Day when everyone thought Bo Callahan was getting taken by the Browns and the quarterback Bryce Drew was was pissed about it, and then they take Vontae Mack and you see Bryce Drew with his family celebrating, that yep. must have Becton last night. Absolutely, yeah. He, he definitely he's the big winner, and I guess we can do the big losers too: Bryce Hall and, and Brandon Echols. Yeah, <laughs> they so, are just after what? out of a starting job. Simply, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I, I wonder if if Gardner's going to be CB one or CB two. I'm assuming CB two, based on the money they just gave Reed. I mean, regard whatever. Whatever label they want, it's DJ Reed and uh, and Sauce Gardner on both outside positions. That's that's a lock. There's no question about that. But I just one comment: like, don't trade Bryce Hall or Eccles now. It's a good thing to have depth. You literally have them under contract. Or you have Hall for two more years. You have for cheap Eccles for three more. Yeah, like, there's no reason to overthink that and go move them now. Keep them now. I feel very good about the cornerback group. Although, yes, we didn't think they needed it for like you have depth now guys with experience literally right behind your two starters that's kind of what that's what last year was the experience here so not to ramble on corner i'll leave it at that there but it works out now if they could leave today friday with a safety either in round two or three i'll feel really really good about the secondary's future and i i could also see them trading down from 38 just to recoup another pick or two. I I hope they don't. There's a lot of talent there. I think there's six or seven picks in front of them. So th- there's plenty of, of guys that they can get at 38 that would be probably day one starters. Yeah, I'll make an aggressive statement. Fuck them picks on day three. 
trade back <laughs> up into day two, leave with a six-player class, and call it a day. I would not have a problem with that. That six-impactful player. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like the Rams said there, fuck them picks, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, is there anyone else in the offensive line that could go in the second round? I, I feel like there's there's some third-round talent, some like Nick Jurgens, if he falls to 101. I wouldn't hate him as a center. Uh, the the center from Kentucky, Luke Fortner. I I, I don't I guess think if are. I was going to say if they go tackle the 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 big guy from Minnesota, Daniel Falele, I believe is his name. Oh, I think he's horrible. I don't want him at all. Is he is he more of a day two guy? But I, I recall in mock seeing him. I, I think he can't rule out his name. But I I, I let me say it uh, more relaxed, like. O-line's probably in the discussion, in my opinion, at the round three selection. Should not be at 38, but I wouldn't rule things out in round three. I, I, I don't want that guy. He, he's too big and clunky. His footwork isn't great from what I've seen. Yeah. Read. I, if they're going to go off its line, I guess take the Central Michigan guy at 38, but they really still do not need a tackle. I, I think not taking Iquanu kind of shows us that they're not serious about replacing Becton because I think if they were if they were going to replace Becton, it was going to be with Neil or Aquano or Cross. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that's very reasonable. And look, if it unfortunately doesn't work out, that's another thing you could take care of next offseason with, with some type of veteran move. I, I don't think you need to go crazy now at this point. Just you're you just gotta be all in on him getting back to what he was. So if, if if Petre and Brisker are gone at 38 and Dean, what are you doing at 38? <laughs> All right, maybe my hot – well, so here, here's where it's interesting. I think there's a couple names we didn't mention that then make that discussion – let me share the names. I'm not even – I'm not uh, making sense of what I'm saying. So we didn't mention Evie Keddy's still there, Boye Mafe's still there, Ray They're Jackson. I, I wouldn't go another edge. I, I'd be disappointed with that. What's they don't need board. That's what, I don't know. It's rich. It's definitely rich, but I don't know. Like if it's something they feel really good about, like you could, you would literally have a five, three, five. You have a, a rotation of five very. I'm not saying they need to do that one, but I, mean, I think I, it's an intriguing I, one if they're sitting there, all three of them still. I think I mentioned I, three. <laughs> I'd be more comfortable with Curry and Huff than a, another. Yeah, they, they don't need to, but if it's something that's, again, depending how their board is, like it, it's one I think it's duration, I will say. I don't think they'll actually do it, but something to, to uh, think about. I think if those three are off the board, I think they're really going to consider interior defensive line, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, two others I'm going to say. And Anthony would like is of Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. Yeah, <laughs> I don't maybe a little early for Walker, but Brees Hall. This has kind of been the sweet spot in mock. I wouldn't. I, I'm going to say I'm not going to complain now if they yeah. do it because you address your. Well, it's it's reasonable. You address the bigger need. Like you can wait and get your safety in round three, and you also can wait and get your running back later. But like now, if you want to be aggressive, like about you have there's a case for it. I wouldn't be mad. I, I'd question it a bit, but I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, but and also, that's reasonable. 
I guess also if they're looking at linebackers seriously, they could consider, and it might be a reach, Troy Anderson or Chad Muma or Channing Tindell at 38 if N'Kobe Dean is gone. If N'Kobe Dean's there at 38, he needs to be the pick. He'll be, he, he, I think he's the top talent on the board right now. There would be four first round players with your, with the four initial picks that they had. Like that would be terrific. Yeah, I agree. And, and who, who's around that pick 101? I guess like Kirby Joseph, the centers I mentioned, maybe a running back, Isaiah Spiller, maybe if, if he drops that far. If, I mean, Kenneth most Walker. of the backs that we were talking about at round four probably would be there. Like, I, I mean, the rest of the class, <laughs> I, I'm guessing, is going to be sitting Here. around that pick. Yeah. Maybe a tight end at, at yeah, that I think the tight ends that we've definitely hyped up are going to be around there. I, I, I would say I don't think McBride will be there. I imagine he's going at some point in between now. Yeah, I agree. I don't, um, I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> a lot of like, are the quarterback? No, and let, let me finish. I'm going to say before you or they said the word quarterback. If they're sitting there at 38, like, do you just sell the pick? don't need to make that pick if someone else is there. Like, someone else wants a Willis or a Corral or a Ritter or something like that. Like, then I'm not opposed to move back a couple of slots just to, like, just snag something for the future there. Depends who's on the board. If if yeah. Dean, Brisker, Petre, if any of those three are on the board at 38, they better make the pick. Yeah, pick. It's, it's, look, it's just another hypothetical. They're, they're, they're positioned very well. The board really played out well. From the, the back been, half of the first round, Douglas has been very lucky in his drafts, and sometimes you need some luck. But he has been lucky with some of his drafts and his draft spots. Like I, it was, it was risky waiting till twenty six for Johnson, and it was risky waiting for Michael Carter, and risky for Elijah Moore. But luck has been on his side. And I mean, I can't say anything else about that. Yeah, I mean, let, let's hopefully that continues. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. luck runs out, but <laughs> let it run out. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> it'll it'll run out sometime. But I mean, if 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 they want to get rid of all their day three picks, like you said, and just trade back up into the second round, I'm totally fine with it. Just get <laughs> impact players, and they have. Right now, they have three day one starters. They have a chance to leave with at least four day one starters, which is what we asked for. That's all we asked for. Yeah, they're going to be very loaded after. Uh, I mean, yeah, really loaded with young talent after today <laughs> already. So, what is your prediction for 38 right now? All right. That- yeah, my, my ultimate, like, forgetting all the perfect scenarios, I actually do think it's. Jaquan Brisker is my pick there. I think I think they take their safety. I think Dean goes before, and that's it. I think they can't help themselves and take Travis Jones or Logan Hall. Unfortunately, I I don't want an interior defensive line, but it seems like they're they're banging the table for it. But like I said, if it, if, if Brisker, Petre, or Dean are at thirty eight and they're not selected by the Jets, I'm going to be disappointed. If that's if they do take interior D line, that is it. Don't even think about it for the rest of the offseason. You're you're done. 
<laughs> it's over. You it's just head in camp with everything you have, and that's it. Just a oh, waste, yeah. Jonathan Marshall pick. Then it's kind of stupid. And you, and you and you'll laugh in my one comment. You really need to rush to sign Nathan Shepard. It's like early in free agency. You couldn't couldn't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my uh, one one liner. Then that's all I got. So for what AJ Brown went for, would have liked to have been in that discussion. Simply like of of uh, eighteen and a round three pick. There's no reason the Jets couldn't have done ten and sixty nine. But I certainly have a Garrett Wilson. But Death would have liked to have been in that discussion. And also like if deep for Debo, if they did offer pick ten and a pick swap, I'm not faulting Douglas Fair if he put that out there. So just need I think the comments just needed to be had about that. And we were talking about this in the car. I I think you and Anthony disagree with me. I would have traded for for Hollywood Brown. I wouldn't have traded a high a high pick, but for someone who is banging the tail for wide receivers, I was surprised that you disagreed with me and you wouldn't have taken him. And you would be happy with DJ Montgomery and Tariq Black. <laughs> I, I just he's at the point of getting that extension soon, Hollywood Brown, and I, I don't know what I would have paid him or would have been comfortable paying him. So just for me, not not a move I would make. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think of him at all in the elite tier, not even like a tier two. I think he's performed that best of like a tier three wide receiver, just well, average. I think in the right system, he'll be very good because Lamar Jackson, I don't think is that good of a, of a quarterback with a with a good deep ball. I, I think he would be in the same tier as T. Higgins with me, a solid okay. wide receiver too on the team. And I think Zach Wilson has a good deep ball, so I think he would have been a, a nice fit. They don't really have a burner who can just do a, a vertical fly route. Although that is what Garrett Wilson seems like he can do, and I guess a lot of do that too. But well, look, that could be that could be a day three Darthur. Go go get your vertical threat who could just handle special teams as well. Like that's, and I don't know if that's Bo Melton, our boy. I don't can't say I'm an expert on him, but yeah, I mean, go, go find that on day three. I have no problem with that. The, that's all. Just needed to add my. We had to add our comments to uh, yeah. that deal after it. It just. It just happened. <laughs> I I do think every team needs a Robbie Anderson where he can just burn it, burn you, and just run a fly route. And like I said, I don't know if the Jets have that, but it it seems like Moore and Wilson are are capable of doing that. So, not not crying over Hollywood Brown, not crying over AJ Brown. They got Garrett Wilson on on the rookie deal. Seems like everyone's very happy. Zach's very happy. And I can't wait for the Wilson to Wilson connection. And I can't wait for the Johnsons to all get dinner together. <laughs> 100%. Feeling good after day one. Yep. Good vibes. <laughs> That's what I said when we left last evening. Keep the good vibes going yeah. today. We'll do a full reaction. Keep the camaraderie. We'll, we'll do a, a full reaction next week. And hopefully the good vibes are still there. So. With that, we thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Enjoy your weekend. And make sure you stay positive and test negative. Thanks, everyone.